Here at Visit with Spirit, we are not out to prove or disprove anything. We are not asking anyone to believe or not believe. We are asking that you, the listener, are compassionate to what our guests have experienced, whether or not you believe, that you respect their journey as we help them on their path of healing. Welcome to Visit with Spirit. We're here to listen to stories from those who have had a paranormal experience, as well as to help them process, understand, and feel good about it. Hello, souls and spirits. Welcome back to Visit with Spirit. I'm your host, Lisa. And I'm your host, JD. And today we have a good friend of mine, Alexander, um, who I met this past summer. We actually were part of a talent team through our agency, MCVO. Uh, There was about, I think, about 15 of us that we had been working online Uh, We had been rehearsing and preparing for this um, event, which was like a a competition. It was a convention. And we all met each other for the first time, and we instantly fell in love with each other and had an amazing week. Um, And Alexander stood out to me because he actually led us in daily meditations. And on the last night we were there, we had such a great conversation regarding meditation and how... In the Western world, it's very easy to rely upon things like substances to get that quick fix of relaxation and how meditation really is a discipline. Um, And so I've thought about that conversation ever since. And I was like, I got to get Alexander on my show. And I'm so happy because we have Alexander here with us today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the intro. Yeah, yeah. Great. So how did you actually get, um, because like I said, everybody, you were like the Zen dude of the whole group. Like you made it look easy. (laughs) You made it look like you've been doing this forever. Um, What really got you started on the path of of learning about meditation um, and even yoga? Because I know you let us into some yoga exercises every day too. So can you give us a little bit of, you know, a little bit more of the backstory on how you started to find yoga and meditation as a way to, to center and heal? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just say this. Uh, it starts with, um, it started with LSD. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a psychedelic substance. Um, and, um, you know, for those that don't know it, uh, it alters your perception of reality in uh, in some substantial ways, and um, you know I experimented with this in college, and um, you know just kind of had a few experiences, and you know for for all intents and purposes, um, the first experience that I had with it was a, a bad trip, as they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very bad trip um and uh you know the biggest lesson came from this bad trip so mm-hmm. now i i no longer i no longer take a stance on good and bad um trips really cuz uh cuz you learn a lesson from both mm-hmm. um absolutely yeah and uh 
and this was a powerful one. Uh, and mainly uh, I had an experience that I had questions about after that I didn't find any real answers to. Um, I had an experience during the uh, bad trip called ego death uh, is what they call it. Um, where Can you, you describe that? Yeah, yeah. So you get this, you get this overwhelming sensation first that you feel like, <laughs> I'm trying to make this as uh, unartsy as possible. <laughs> you fall into, like you feel like you're dying. Like you know yes. in your bones that you are in this very moment about to die. Okay. And the feeling gets deeper and deeper and deeper until everything that you associate with what you call yourself, um, you know, think about anything, your likes, your dislikes, passions, loves, hates, um, the way you look, all of that just disappears from your thought process, from your any sort of contemplation yeah. or understanding, all of that drops away. Mm -hmm. And ultimately you're left, which is a very scary feeling, by the way. <laughs> like, you know, oh, I can uh, imagine. Yeah, I think just letting go of an old belief is hard enough. I can't imagine <laughs> letting go of everything at once. Like, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's and it's totally, you know, the feeling is um I think probably the best way that I can put it is um because you're not in control of it, right? Like it's just happening and it's coming, it's coming and you know it's coming and you're terrified and it's, oh, what, wait, wait, wait a minute. And then it goes. Mm -hmm. And then you're left with yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from, from that space, you really get to kind of see more clearly where you are. Mm -hmm. what you are um and then as you come out of that stratosphere of sort of oneness with everything um you sort of pick up the pieces of you know all of these bits and pieces of information that you you know think that you are mm -hmm. um and then you put it back together and um you know, you try to find what way is up from there. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, I had been a, a ardent atheist in college. Um, mm -hmm. But after that experience, my uh, <laughs> my perspective shifted <laughs> on um, on the on the belief system, which is, uh, you know, atheism. Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard that quite a bit in um, in people who've had near-death experiences um, from a medical perspective. Mm -hmm. So it, it sounds it it sounds like it was very similar. Yeah, I like experientially, I died <laughs> that mm -hmm. day, yeah. right, on in the middle of my parents' living room floor. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, wow. You know, uh, the it, everything fell out from under me, and yeah. um, you know, I wasn't black, I wasn't white, I wasn't a boy. <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't not any of that, mm -hmm. and uh, it was just such a one. 
I was going to say, it sounds a lot like the um, the ayahuasca ceremonies of Peru. Precisely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and so for me, uh, as an atheist, I listened to um, a guy who ran uh, some podcasts and had done YouTube talks and did some TED talks as well named Sam Harris, mm -hmm. who uh, shout out to him. Uh, he was also a meditator. Um, he had traveled across the world and learned from different masters and different uh, meditation practices. Um, and um, so, you know, I, I picked up the notion from him that there's something to this meditation situation. Um, mm -hmm. Because yeah. as an atheist, meditation sounds like hoo-ha, woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> just complete bullshit um mm -hmm. and then you know you get this uh you get this notion um or rather i got this notion that um you know maybe maybe i could check that out see what's going on in the realm of meditation mm -hmm. and so uh i started meditating in 2018 which was years and years after the actual experience um so it took me quite a while to come into meditating as a actual practice mm -hmm. um and um because i was looking for you know i after doing lsd i'd done lsd again i i did shrooms um i had done uh mdma uh which is molly or ecstasy mm -hmm. and um you know all of these mind changing substances um that uh that offered insight for certain but not any real kind of lasting thing that yeah. I was that I found myself looking for mm -hmm. and um and so you know I knew that drugs and uh substances were not the way to go uh for what I was looking for I was looking for a stable recognize recognize recognition I was mm -hmm. looking for a stable recognition that um of what I had experienced um that on that first bad trip, mm -hmm. uh, uh, just the clarity of, uh, you know, knowing versus knowing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so that got me started on meditation. And then yoga came in uh, a little later, a couple of years after, in 2020, mm -hmm. in fact, I started my yoga journey. Yeah. Um, and what, what you had said about using substances to get to that point, that was part of our discussion too and again because it's quick and it's easy and you know oh if I take this all of a sudden I'll be relaxed and you realize that it wasn't that case all the time but I think that um, when we self-medicate with substances we kind of think that maybe we'll get some insight or maybe we'll get you know even if we respect um, plant medicine you know some people could can use it to think that they're going to get something it's almost like we rely on that to do the work for us and yep. even when we try to use it in a respectful way, we, we, we expect it to do the work for us. I actually did a Peruvian repay session um, with a friend of mine, and my mom was actually there too. And it's crushed herbs, and they crush it into a powder, and they blow it up into your nose. So there's this long pipe, and they load up the pipe with the powder and just pff, like right up your nose, and you inhale it, and you kind of just let it let it sit in my mom and my friend had a great time and I was hugging the barrel the whole night. And I was like, 
Oh. Like, I was waiting for, like, I wanted to see, like, spirit. I wanted to, like, hear things. I wanted to know I was on the right path. And I I just got, like, the, like, everywhere. And it wasn't until later on, um, later on that evening, I felt better. I was like, okay, that, that didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. But then that was where I had to realize, yeah, I wasn't going to find the shortcut anywhere. All of the answers that I need, I have, but it's in that collaboration with working with, with others, like this friend who was telling me about her experiences, to learn more about everybody else's experiences, to collaborate, to find what I need outside of myself, but in a way that I could relate it to find it inside my, like, it, it was weird. I can't even describe, I'd have to actually look up what I actually wrote, but it made sense after. <laughs> I wasn't going to find it the easy way. I had to, um, it, it is a self-discipline and it is something you have to work at. And a lot of people just don't want to have to put in the work. Yeah. See, I, I think a lot of people resort to the substances um, simply because it tunes out all of the chatter and you know what yeah. they term monkey chatter for people who meditate regularly and i think what they what so many don't realize is that there's not one way to meditate you know over the years when i've run classes and um and workshops i always stress like if you cannot sit still go for a walk just walk mm -hmm. run people who run that is a form of meditation um people they call it runners high <laughs> yes yes absolutely or um you know when i was in college you know the degree that i have um it's you know it's in music and you talk about being in the flow and as somebody who as an adult i now recognize i have attention issues that being in the flow it will never be hours and hours for me. I will be lucky to get an hour. Mm -hmm. um, however, when in the state of meditation, once I'm in, I can stay in there for a few hours. But my first few meditations, I, I started probably about 20 years ago, actually at a singer's workshop. Uh, I don't know if either of you, you probably know the name, uh, Betty Buckley. No. Oh, famous singer in Cats. Um, look at Betty Buckley someday, but I was, I was able to go to a workshop with her. And the last thing I expected was a meditation exercise, but there we are. I have dealt with chronic back issues since I was a kid. I've fallen upstairs, downstairs, off of horses, you name it. I've screwed up my back. So I've had severe back pain for a long time. And we were sitting there. It was probably like a 20 minute meditation. And when we came out of it, I started crying because I realized it was the first time I was out of pain in at least five years at that point. Oh, wow. And cool. yeah. So for me, it was, it was, it wasn't even about, cause I don't think I was even thinking metaphysically at that point. I was just like, oh, there's no pain. Oh my gosh. Like this is wild. Um, but yeah, I think it's the, going back to, to the substances, for a lot of people, it's just to, it's to numb, it's to tune the physical world out mm -hmm. in a way that really, if you just practice, there's no instant magic wand. It's not mm -hmm. like, oh, I sat down and meditated once and it didn't work. 
Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's yeah. like doing yoga once or or that commercial where they're like yeah if you have a piece of broccoli it doesn't mean you're healthy mm-hmm. like so yeah it, it takes it takes a long time how long was it um alexander before you started really integrating it into your life um on a regular basis hmm uh that's really that's really interesting um i think probably it it didn't start to become a uh like a more moment to moment practice or well mm-hmm. let's take it back uh it probably didn't start to become a daily practice until maybe a year after okay. i initially i initially poked my poked my head and into the into the fire when you what was your introduction like what type of meditation did you start with or what was your do you remember what your first meditation experience was like yeah so i don't i don't remember the experience ex, um exactly but i i can tell you the very first practice that i took up was uh just general mindfulness um that's big on uh, sam harris's app called waking up um, which is uh, free to anyone who uh, can't afford the annual subscription. He works nice. on a on a you know pay when you can sort of basis. Um, but so at the time I was broke and had taken up the free option, and um, nice. you know just kind of worked with the mindfulness practices which he had uh, which he had posted on his you know introductory course. Um, and, you know, I, I dabbled in um, in uh, in a couple of other meditation and mindfulness um, apps, um, you know, a couple of the famous, uh, more well-known ones. Uh, what about, Calm. yeah, I've I've seen, Calm. I've done a couple on Calm. I like some mm-hmm. of theirs. Mm-hmm. Calm and um, there's one with the orange uh, oblong people. I can't think of the name. Oh, I don't know that one. <laughs> but um, but Have it's you... also a big one. They've got some like some uh some videos on Netflix now. Uh, in fact. Oh wow! Yeah. Have you uh, looked at Insight Timer? No, I don't know what that is. Uh in I I actually am one of the meditators on uh like one of the people offering meditations on Insight Timer. There's thousands, and they have a free plan and a subscription plan. Um, so for anybody listening and, um, you know, if you are kind of tired of the YouTube, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which there YouTube is also a great, fantastic resource, but there's a lot of ads. So you get interrupted with the ads. Um, but Insight Timer, I, I have a friend who was on there. She introduced me to it. And there's a lot of very high quality meditations on there that are no cost. Nice. Yes. So I just had a moment of realization. So talking about meditation, I was like, oh, you know, I thought people meditate differently the same way everybody dreams differently. And mm, my yes. my meditations are very visual, um, like going on adventures with animal spirit guides or, you know, whether it's, you know, walking around the woods, I find objects. And now I'm thinking about it because, Alexander, you mentioned moment to moment practice. And now I'm starting to question my meditation practice in a sense that 
I think mine's more escaping than it is centering because mm. even though they're very helpful, I think that if I'm in a stressful moment where I need to find my center, I don't have time to kick in my regular way of meditating, which is to rely on the visuals to go on these adventures and, and find the answers. Like I need to just, I need to learn how to center quickly. And I think that's, I think a big piece that's missing from my meditations. Do you oh, have one? Yeah. Do, do you have one, Alexander, that you like your go-to, like if you need a few, like you have a few minutes and you just need to center yourself that you, that you could share with everybody? Yeah. Um, my it, it's uh my moment to moment practice is um literally just tuning into the breath uh it's um you know it, it's genuinely as simple as that um for for me at this point in my practice mm -hmm. um and just because you know in 2019 and 2020 Hell in 2021, earlier this year, mm -hmm. uh, trying to tune <laughs> into, trying to just tune into the breath meant nothing. Mm -hmm. um, but now at this point, um, I uh, I've realized truly the power of of the breath and just how much of what we feel and how we think is directed from our breathing pattern yes. um and so you know and and meditation is so much in fact meditation is just um self-discovery and experimentation mm -hmm. um and you have your formal sitting practice however long that is your 10-minute meditation videos or your you know Uh-oh, I think we have a little freeze going on. You, you, Alexander, you are officially in the moment, right? At this yep. very moment. <laughs> Into these pockets of awareness in your moment to moment. Um, and so for me, again, it's just tuning into the breath. And this is how I do it. Um, if I feel myself... And obviously this this in itself takes practice. If I feel myself getting feeling tension starting to where do you feel tension in your chest, in your abdomen, in your shoulders for certain, your face absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you get a little eye twitch, you start to get a headache, your neck starts to feel tension. Wherever you feeling you're feeling tension. If somebody says something crazy or out of pocket <laughs> and, you know, it just hits you the wrong way or if something happens, you run into traffic and you're rushing to work and you're already late. Just breathe. But don't I don't take a new breath like I don't sit and think, OK, let me just. Instead. I in that moment or whatever moments I can catch myself in those times, because you're not always successful. That's why you practice. Mm -hmm. But uh, the moments that I'm able to catch myself, I see, I just tune in. 
is am I breathing in or am I breathing out in this moment right here? And that brings me into focus. What am I even doing right now? I'm behind the wheel in the car. It's a beautiful day. Both my legs are functional. I've got my hands. I've got a brain that functions in a fairly normal capacity. <laughs> um, I'm able to see what I'm doing in this road. You know, I'm listening to music. Here I am. Here it is. It's all right here. <laughs> and it's beautiful. Ooh, tune into your body in that moment. Mm-hmm. How does it feel? So being in, in the now. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you, yeah, I like how you honor it and you don't try to change it. If, even if it's a terrible moment, just, you know, focusing on how you're breathing at that moment. And then that brings you back to where you are. It's not, oh, I need to fix how I feel. And I think that goes back to the, the substances, like you want to fix how you feel, you feel uncomfortable, but where you're coming at it from is a sit with it and honor it kind of place. Yeah. Yeah. Because genuinely, um, you know, Gautama Buddha, <laughs> the mm-hmm. Buddha that we mm-hmm. uh, that we think of, not the fat one, the thin one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's another dude. He's just as interesting. Um, but Gautama Buddha, um, he essentially essentially says to do this practice, right? Like keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> you know. Yeah. The, the moment you try to overcomplicate it with with tuning into whatever you're thinking about. How could this be better, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Your mind is the source of your suffering. Your imagination about how this situation, this moment right now could be better is the source of why it sucks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you're caught up in your imagination thinking, oh, if this was, and if I was, and if it would be so, but what's good right now? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, with where you are. Um, And and speaking of substance, uh, you know, abuse, even people who meditate, uh, I think can get caught up in, um, you know, feeling almost like what you said jd about the broccoli right um and not so much that i meditated once and it didn't work or you know whatever but more like i sat for you know i sat for 10 minutes today (laughs) you know i've sit i've sat at retreats for four hours and my knees were in pain and I couldn't, and you know, they, they attune all of these, um, I I guess check, I I don't even want to call them checkpoints as much as, uh, no, I think that's, I, I think that's an accurate term, like, uh, like almost like a to-do list. Yeah, precisely. And it doesn't give you, here is the holistic living to-do list right today i i rose with the sun i said hello i went for an hour walk i drank 10 gallons of water right and and now i am a whole and happy person meanwhile they haven't actually addressed any of the emotional trauma that they're trying to to release right you can't release it it unless you feel it Mm-hmm. Right. 
they're using it in uh in exactly the same way people use substances yes um, yes as a as a tool to sort of reach this idea of perfection or you know this idea of peace or calm that doesn't last <laughs> you know yeah. when you when you think about the practice in that way it doesn't last it never does no and i i think it's a really interesting analogy um to or or metaphor to draw um to draw between the substance and the meditation i don't think i ever thought of putting the two together in that way um but it it works and it makes sense you know i think if anybody can get anything out of today's session um or podcast not a session um but but a podcast is that to to be in the now be in that moment feel you know we we say this to little kids all the time feel your feelings feel your feelings but when we're adults we don't give ourselves that permission it's you know there's something in incredibly almost indulgent not in a luxurious way, but in a, I don't have time for this kind of way mm-hmm. that in a busy life, you know, traumas happen. You know, we, we were talking about this in our last episode, um, that traumas happen and things happen that you have to, that, that you have to deal with and you have to acknowledge, give, give yourself permission to acknowledge when, things are crummy, but then move on, move forward into the healing space where you can be in the now and in that space of gratitude. Like, like you were saying, Alexander, of like, yes, my, my body is working today. I, I have air that I can breathe clean air. We take that for granted. You know, you see pictures of other cities or other countries where there's so much smog, they they have to wear masks, not because of COVID, but because the air is unbreathable. <laughs> and we we take those those to us simple things for granted. So I, I think that that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. I and oftentimes, you know, um in I'm a I'm a certified yoga instructor and uh so much oh, nice. of um so much of like yoga teaching curriculum is about like finding gratitude um as if it's as if it's and like a thing that you do you know (laughs) like (laughs) like but it's um you know if you lean in it if you lean toward that direction where it's not a falling into gratitude Yes. And it's a search for gratitude. You're creating more resistance. Um, yes, yes. Which ultimately, you know, causes more dis- discomfort, which if you're in your imagination, then it becomes mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're suffering. <laughs> <laughs> you're suffering uh, simply because you just won't relax into it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, you you really get gratitude you really feel gratitude, you really feel love, you really feel connection, not when you're looking for it, but when it simply comes and it and it arises naturally within you when um when you just tune in. Yeah. 
And I think that's so true that that um that searching for gratitude because I think that hmm. some of us when we start yes. to practice it, even we sound like we're lying to ourselves because we're like, I am so grateful that I have a toothbrush. Like, I'm so grateful that <laughs> I have a bathroom, you know, and it's like, and you try to like really force it and you're like, I, you know, but then there's some days where you're just so in the moment and it hits you what you have and you feel it and you're like, there it is. Like, that's real gratitude. And, and that one's hard to... I don't want to say it's hard to practice gratitude, but it's hard to get into that space where you can see it. It's hard to get into that that mindfulness. Um, so the gratitude part isn't difficult. So if you're struggling, if you're struggling with gratitude, listeners, you know, stop looking for things to be thankful for and just really go about your day with 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 an open mind, with no preconceived notions, with just yeah. just be, and you'll find those pockets of gratitude they'll, they'll they'll just pop out of nowhere and it's the coolest feeling when it happens it really is and and i of course i've got i've got a pranayama which is um a breathing meditative practice for sort of uh tuning in to discomfort mm -hmm. right yeah um and so when you're able to tune into discomfort, you find that stuff on the day-to-day -day isn't actually that bad. No, <laughs> um, yeah, and which gives your which gives your mind the freedom because you're not you're not using this part of the brain to think about all the you know bad things. Um, instead it's free to kind of actually see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um and uh the pranayama practice um, is essentially a, a trade of air. Um, so you take a deep inhale, tuck your chin, put your chin down into your chest. Don't do this. <laughs> yeah, no, but, you, you saw me. I, I have like that Pavlovian dog response. Yeah, I'm going to do, do it. Okay, and, and then, but, but no, no. So, um, so you get to this place and you hold the inhalation um, for as long as is comfortable for you. Once you've reached your limit, you exhale. You don't take another inhale. Mm -hmm. And you tuck your chin and get right back into that position. Now, I... <laughs> I, I I'll explain kind of what it does for you, um, mm -hmm. or at least in my experience, what it's done for me. It has uh, tuned me in much more closer to that sensation of death than probably anything else outside of that LSD trip. Um, because obviously when you die, you don't breathe. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, for all intents and purposes, nobody knows what happens uh, after you die. If anybody did, <laughs> you know, uh, we, we, we'd be living in a very different world. Um, but what I do recognize is that I've always been here. Now, this, this body that I've accumulated over time, 
through eating and experiences and whatever the world morphs it. Um, you know, this is this rose and will fall at some point, but this thing that is witnessing all of this, um, it's always been here and it doesn't change. Um, I had a, I had an interesting insight. Uh, I got high, really, really high one day and, um, found it. Oh shit. My fundamental ex experience is the same. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't like, you can't, no matter how drunk you get, there's a witnessing of the drunkness. <laughs> there's a witnessing of the blackout <laughs> that yes. you know that you blacked yeah. out, <laughs> right? Because mm -hmm. there's some, what, what is the knowing? That doesn't change mm -hmm. and it doesn't go anywhere, no matter what you do. I sky, I skydived at the beginning of 2021 and, oh, wow. um, and it was a fantastic experience. And then I reached the ground. <laughs> and, and you know it goes on yep it it goes on i had an i had an an experience of death on lsd and here i am mm -hmm. you know like it, yeah. it 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 goes on and so there are some uh i haven't i haven't found any of this written down but i suspect that there are yogis uh, and gurus who believe that, you know, when you die, you don't necessarily go anywhere from your body very quickly. Mm -hmm. Imagine the discomfort. Imagine the suffering mm -hmm. that your mind, this chitta mm -hmm. is what they call it in the yogic practices. Imagine the intensity before eventually it all just crushes down on you and then you have another, you have an ego death and you release and all of a sudden you're crying. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, you muted oh, yourself. Oh, hey. you muted. <laughs> this is amazing. I can't believe this sensation. And next thing you know, you're going to school and you're learning words and you're picking <laughs> up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something about this feels kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so meditation well, is for all intents and purposes, a practice that, uh, you know, prepares you for living as well as death. Mm hmm. I could see that for yeah. sure. Cycles you know, I, and transformation and yeah. I yeah. will say as a medium, um, I do think how long you stay in your body just from those that I've talked to who have passed. I know that sounds weird, mm -hmm. um, but that it, it depends on the how and if the soul was ready to go um, for people with long-term illnesses you know, one of my early experiences as a medium, uh, I was asked to speak at a college out here and um, I kept getting this severe headache. I kept feeling this headache. And of course I'm sitting here thinking it's the person I'm reading in the class. There was this person in the 
back, far back of the class. And I thought she was totally not interested. Didn't She had like her hood drawn over her sullen look. And I'm going, oh man, not reaching her today, but that's okay. Well, she came up to me at the very end because I, I, the feeling of the headache was not connecting with the two people I ended up reading. And I stayed after to kind of answer questions. And she came up to me and she said, I think you might be with me. And so I tuned in and I immediately picked up her mother who had a brain tumor. And up until that point, I had not experienced what that was like to tune into. So I didn't know. Um, Oftentimes the head pain is just generic. So I can't always tell where it's from. And I looked at her and the message I got was, it's okay. She was already gone. And she burst into tears. And of course, at this point, I don't know what the message means. I'm just giving her the message. And it turns out that her way to her mother's room was blocked by the rest of the family. And so she couldn't be in the room with her. And so she had always had this guilt and this um, this pain that she was carrying. And, you know, I was able to kind of help her release that because her mother had already transitioned like her her spirit had let go of of the body because it was such a long you know cancer is such a long ordeal the spirit's kind of in and out at that point but i think if you're in the case of an accident or something very abrupt very sudden yeah like the how you were describing it like i've picked up on at least i don't know about you like when you go by a car a car wreck Mm -hmm. god i hate going by those but like if you're an empath you can you you get that feeling that yeah yeah that that rush of or crushing feeling mm-hmm. i think that that was a good description of it mm-hmm. um so just on on my experience it i think it does depend but um meditation it it really is the answer to almost any question you know money is tight go meditate on it yeah. and not and i'm not saying it in a flippant way yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, I really mean it. Like, you know, there, and there are some people who are like, oh, don't tell, I saw something on, I don't know if it was Facebook or Instagram and it, they were saying, don't tell me to meditate. It's like, maybe, maybe you need to, maybe just maybe you need to find the center. You need to find the moment, reassess, you know, people who want to quit their job because they're ticked off. It's like, just stop, breathe. Just mm-hmm. feel the vibration. Quitting may not actually be the highest vibrational choice. And you kind of don't know when you're in the middle of being angry or super excited. It's like, Lisa, you know, you talk about kind of jumping in because you're super excited. Mm-hmm. It's that same moment of like, stop, assess, take yes. the breath, be in the moment and and feel what your body's reaction to that moment or the circumstance is, mm-hmm. you know, so whether it's stress or a choice, if you are given a choice, t- stopping and just breathing into it is such, it's such good advice. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you just want, you just want to do whatever it's going to take to get rid of that bad feeling. Yep. Like you just don't like how it feels. So it must be bad. What can I do to get rid of it? Like you said, you know, quitting your job is such a great um, analogy because you have that uncomfortable. I hate it here. I don't want to be here. And then this just happened and made it so much worse. And what do I got to do to get rid of this feeling? I guess I, I got to quit, you know, and it's like, you know, and 
you know, not the best choice. And sometimes you talk to the right people, you vent, and you feel fine again after. And it's like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. But, you know, in the moment, you just want to make that feeling go away as fast as possible. You don't want to take the time to sit with it, analyze it, find out what the real, what is it really trying to tell you? And I think sometimes even our bad feelings, we have to sit with them to say, what is this really trying to tell me? Um, I'm trying to think of an example where I've been, you know, uncomfortable and I've sat with it and I've realized that what I thought was the problem wasn't even it. The It, it was something else, but I was focusing it somewhere else. And so again, I associated that bad feeling with that. And when I sat with it, I said, oh no, this, this is something else. This is another issue. When I solve that first problem, the second one won't even exist. But I kept thinking it was the second problem, you know, and I'm trying to, oh, I wish I could think of an example, but it happens so often to me, human design, I'm an emotional authority. So everything's emotions for me. So I constantly have to sit with them. I have to analyze them. I can't, I can't react. I have to take my time. So, yeah, so that's a, that's very much a, a thing for me is sitting, sitting with my feelings and saying, what is this? What is this trying to tell me? You know, years ago, it, it triggered a memory. Uh, years ago, I had, um, well, I still have this friend, um, but they had said to me, you know, if ever you see me pissed and I'm not talking to you about it, it's because I'm trying to figure out, am I pissed with you or is it something else that I'm pissed with? <laughs> and at first I'm like, because well, I'm a talker. I want to talk it out. I want to find out. I want to know. I don't like sitting in that state of like uncertainty. Mm-hmm. A Taurus, I want the, the ground firmly beneath my feet. And, but when she said that it did take some of the pressure off and it was like, that was her being in the moment of like, I don't want to jump to a reaction. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what that reminds me of, of like, yeah, just, just sit with it, sit in it, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a decision an emotion, even a high, like, you know, you were saying like, you want to get out of the bad spot or uncomfortable spot. Well, some people will make decisions to keep that exciting moment that they're in Mm -hmm. but uh, you know alexander you were saying like you can't like it it, you you're constantly moving through the moments there is no staying permanently in any particular moment or state of being Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um and that's uh you know um that's our imagination again running Running away with me, <laughs> you know, just because, uh, because so often we want, mm, we want our immediate experience to be exactly mm, right there, that, yeah. and um, anything that, <laughs> anything that says otherwise, you're you you're throwing a fit. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. on the fit. Um, and uh, and it's so easy to Sadhguru, um, the founder of the Isha Foundation, um, and the uh, leader of the Save Soil movement, um, says something in his uh, Inner Engineering course, which is there is a substantial difference between reaction and response. Um, And the way that he breaks it down is a reaction is like a chemical reaction. You sprinkle this little bit of 
anger into the substance and it's boiling up and it explodes and it loses a lot of its content, right? Yes, yeah. Um, and then a response can only come from a conscious being, um, someone who uh, takes the time to really see what's going on. Because, um, you know, especially here uh, in, especially here in America, right? Like, uh, mm. we'll, mm. Uh, you know, think about like road rage. Oh, man, yes. And, um, <laughs> and just how reactive people can be over privileges, first of all, you're in a car. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. In a in a society that has paved roads and street rules and all kinds of concepts that keep you safe while on the road. That elsewhere doesn't necessarily exist. Mm -hmm. Go and go to Costa Rica, there's no paved roads from what I've heard. You're exactly. in Europe and the speed limits are like crazy town. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. All of these, all of these things designed to kind of, you know, give you some semblance of order and understanding so that everybody can kind of play on the same playing field. Mm -hmm. And um, and how we can lose ourselves in getting so caught up <laughs> with uh with an emotion instead of genuinely responding to all the stimulus of a moment mm -hmm. and you know. seeing what it actually is, what act, what action is actually worth taking. You know, I'm wondering as, as you're talking, it, it, you know, constantly bringing up more questions or thoughts. I'm almost wondering if, because especially out here in the U S we are so regulated, like so many laws, so many rules that it takes away the autonomy and the need to self-regulate, the need to think, the need to make a decision. And that when you're put in the position of having to make a decision without a rule being there to tell you what to do, that people just don't have enough practice. And when you when you're in school, think think about how many times adults are breaking up arguments. They're not letting kids talk it out and work it out. So now that they're adults, they don't know how to stop and and act like adults because they haven't learned how to regulate their emotions and think using a li just little common sense. Mm -hmm. You know, where in, in Europe, it is it is much looser, but you don't hear about the crazy accidents and pileups. And not to say it doesn't happen, but not, you know, just using the road as an example. Like, you don't hear about that in those countries because people have experience, like you yell, you get it off of your chest and then you move on. It's like, you know, they might get out of the car, they might throw a hand out the window and then they're done they're done. They're not taking your actions personally because they got their own business. They got their own lives and they're living it. They told you how they felt and they moved on. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the, man, the road became a bigger metaphor than I. <laughs> I <had anticipated. laughs> 
Well, see, so and I and I really like your I really like your um your thought about school. And I thought what direction you were gonna go was about homework and tests, right? Mm. From our educational days. Um and you're still a teacher, JD, so you know. Um which when, just for the record, we're gonna we're gonna edit that out. Sorry, okay. Um so here. so essentially what I'm what I'm coming to though is um you know our our education system teaches people that there will be set paths. Yes, yes. There will be a choice of answers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's entirely too little, I think, um just like there's because like the saying goes there's more than one way to skin a cat mm -hmm. and um you know so long as people are operating in a modality thinking that there are four ways to skin a cat a b c or d uh and you circle on a scantron or you know whatever the case mm -hmm. is uh which answer you think fits best um then we'll we'll continue to suffer with uh, anxiety um, and depression and all the things that we see um, because people are taught that the world is. I like to say. The map is not the terrain mm -hmm. and so yes. many people yes. are operating with the idea that. This is the map, <laughs> this mm -hmm. is, what you know, and it's not. Remind me, remind me later after we're done um, to talk a little bit about that when we're done officially recording mm. um, my, my little way of combating that nonsense, you know, in, in the little corner of the world I exist in, <laughs> um, because I agree with you that that is a problem um, that out, you know, out of the box thinking is, I think as a society, there's there's now really two groups there's a group that is begging for the box to come back and they live for the box and and they're the ones who think that they're not they're the ones who think they're breaking out of the box mm. and then yeah. you have the people who are trying to eliminate it who are trying to come up with creative solutions creative ways of thinking of of bettering society as a whole which that also can go when when either either one is brought to the extreme that's when you start having the problems we're seeing we're living in a very extreme environment and it's not just the u.s it's not you look at countries all over the world and not that this is in no way a political show mm -hmm. i'm just stating this right now but I'm going to have a little bit of political commentary, not for one side or the other, but that when either side is extreme or when you have a society that no longer sees the gray, which we're in, we're in it right now. We're living in it globally. There's very few countries that are living in the gray that are seeing gray. Everybody, it's so cut and dry black and white you're for this or for that and they're leaving no room for growth no room for change no room for evolution because you have those that want to stay the way it was for the good old days which it's never good 
It's not the good old days were never good ever, never in that time. They were reminiscing about the good old days and in the good old days of that point, they were reminiscing about the good old days. So there is no good old days. Hindsight gives you like, you know, rainbow goggles that you're like, Oh, it's so wonderful and beautiful. Um, you know, I will say inflation, not fun, but, um, beyond Mm -hmm. that, the, the moment you're in, it, it's like people who, you know, look at themselves in a picture, they're like, oh, I look terrible. I weigh so much. But then they looked at them, they look at it, when they look at a picture of themselves, say 20 pounds, 30 pounds lighter, they thought they were heavy then too. Mm-hmm. They thought, they thought, and at what point are you going to enjoy the space, the body, the time you're in? At what point will you say, and give yourself permission to say, my life, my body, myself, my mind is in a good place right now. Not, not when, when may never be here. And it, and it never is. Cause there's always a next when the past was never as good as you thought it was. Cause you were miserable back then at, at some point you were complaining. And, you know, I, I say to a lot of people, I do life coaching happiness is a choice and it's a choice you make every minute and crap things are going to happen to you. They are, they're going to happen to you, but part of meditation and part of what you are describing is, you know, what I think Lisa and I try to accomplish through this podcast and through our sessions with our, you know, the people we work with that finding that kernel of happiness um, or to make that choice that you will be in a good space, not because you're oppressing, not because you are ignoring any pain that you've been in, but because it's a choice. And anyway, I will step off the little soapbox. I tend to get on there every now and then, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say you guys are doing that. Um, you know, you're not, you're, you're being quite successful. I think, um, from this, from this single conversation alone, I can, I can tell you guys really enjoy doing this and that, that by itself brings joy, brings peace, brings acceptance. And, uh, and anytime I think any, anytime rather I hear that people, uh, people are complaining about, you know, nowadays it's crazy and there's (laughs) and you know there's i always think about this um i read on this uh forum uh an ancient get this an ancient egyptian uh historian yep found an ancient egyptian uh calligraphy or like wall art that said uh something along the lines of uh things are things are going crazy nowadays (laughs) (laughs) right like so ancient egypt you know people were same drama (laughs) same same drama Uh, it's always getting worse (laughs) it's always getting worse so (laughs) Oh, this was an amazing conversation today, Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us. Do you have um Do you have any socials if anyone wants to connect with you online uh, with any meditation questions, or do you have any any projects you wanna you wanna plug while you're here? 
Yeah. So um, my socials uh, generally across all platforms, except Facebook. Facebook, you can find me by name, Alexander Vincent Cantrell. Um, but uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok, I'm pretty sure. I'm A Cantrell, A-Y-E-C-A-N-T-R-E-L-L. Um, and as far as projects go, um, I am in the works for setting up, I'm currently writing the uh, episodes, but I'm setting up um, some existential talks um, Ooh, that'll be, uh, cool. be kind of, <laughs> yeah, a pet project of mine that I'm working on. So uh, yeah, that was, that's, that's all I'm up to right now, I think. Oh, that's oh, it's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. So everybody follow Alexander so that when those talks come out, you'll be the first ones to know. So awesome. Alexander, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really, really appreciate this. Thank you. Souls and Spirits, thank you for joining us. And until next time, may love and light surround you and your loved ones. Thank you for joining us today for our visit with Spirit. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you have any questions or comments, or would like to be a guest on our show, email us at visitwithspirit at gmail.com or find us on social media. Until next time, may love and light surround you, and come back again to Visit With Spirit.